so magnetism is just being so authentic, so in your magic, in your truth, in your power, in your pleasure, that you are fascinating. People who are so themselves are fascinating. Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hello, my loves. I'm excited to be recording the first episode of Magic of the Spheres of 2021. And as much as this shift into a new year is not like a concrete astrological event per se, it is a ritual moment marked in mass by collective consciousness. So it does have significance in my opinion. And there's a lot of momentum around this time within that collective consciousness, as well as even within the astrological season that we're in, Capricorn season, to mark the start of a new year. And with that, new goals. And that's the Capricorn part, I think, to be thinking of these longer term goals around this time of year, as well as to be kind of looking back and reflecting at the end of the year and at the start of the year at this threshold of how we made headway on our goals from the last year. I did actually make a New Year's resolution last year and I forgot what it was, but then I remembered it the other day and realized I accomplished it. This was the year that I wanted to make a salary as an astrologer. And if you remember back in July of this year, I ran a Kickstarter and you all helped me raise $20,000. Between that and what I made teaching, giving astrology readings and coaching this year, I surpassed my minimum income goal. So it's fitting that the episode that I'm sharing with you today is with a magical business and brand coach who helps witches make money, among other things. Learning how to make a living has been a life skill, Um, not just this year, but during this whole process of being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of psychological and emotional layers that come with gaining the confidence or worthiness to sell one's services or offerings from a place of empowerment. There's money mindset to cultivate, being in right relationship with money, and learning how business works. And there's different business models too, different business philosophies. So finding one that is true for you or that, you know, actually really works for you. And that's side by side with the work of creating value, like really honing my astrological craft for me personally, learning how to hold sessions and how to counsel people, um, working with my own process and my own material, because I know that's part of what I'm able to offer in the forecasts or on the podcast or in my sessions, learning how to create containers um, for these sessions, these one-on-one sessions, as well as for groups and classes. And, you know, studying personal development and these other things that I integrate with astrology. And I'm really happy with this path. 
it's been rewarding to skill build and see my dreams reflected in the 3D. So in reality, all I wanted back in 2015 was to be a full-time astrologer. At the time, it was my number one goal and I was fully committed. Um, And it was really intense to have like a dream that I was so committed to and to live every day dissolving into that, you know, like putting the work in, but not knowing if I was going to get there, but knowing that I just had to try and had to give it my best and had to ask people for help along the way. And I mean, a lot of people, I asked for a lot of feedback, a lot of advice. Um, I asked for things from my audience, reflections. I asked for support in different ways. I asked people in my community um, questions when I was looking for some guidance. I worked with coaches. And this last year, I learned and integrated new strategies to really make this full-time career sustainable. Um, because for these last years, I've I've been working a lot Um But there was new things to integrate in terms of learning how to have that translate to making a living. This year, I'm moving to Portland in March, and one of my New Year's resolutions is to make a beautiful home. I haven't invested in homemaking for some years now. I've chosen to rent rooms and live very minimally while I was in a place, you know, while while I place a lot of my attention on writing and my internet life, I, you know, I buy services that host the podcast or host my courses. So I do feel like I pay online rent in some ways and uh, have lived online in a lot of ways. But now I received a calling to move to Portland and create my own home space, which is not something I've really attempted to do here in the Bay Area. When I had to move around a year ago out of my last place that I was living um, in Oakland, I was feeling conflicted because I didn't know where I should live. I had graduated from the philosophy, cosmology, and consciousness master's program here in San Francisco. That was why I moved out here to the Bay in the first place. And I didn't see myself living here much longer. I didn't have a new location in mind and my work is entirely remote and online. And I didn't feel like I needed to be in the Bay anymore, but I didn't know where to go. I ended up finding a lovely living situation that has been amazing to, you know, live in quarantine pandemic times, like in this particular space. And I'm really grateful for that. I've been here for almost a year now. And then the prompting, the inspiration came through to set out for Portland and to return to the Pacific Northwest, where I lived for seven years, went to college, and began my career as a professional astrologer. On this episode, I interviewed Captolia Eden, who is a magical internet witch, um, and she teaches people how to really become more magnetic in their brand and their businesses. So we had a really beautiful conversation about what brought Captolia to this work, her experience with being a devotee of Ekati, and some things about money mindset and cultivating personal magnetism. A little bit about Captolia before we start. For as long as Captolia can remember, she's been a witch and an internet girl. 
But if you would have asked her teenage self if she thought she'd get to build a career fusing both of her favorite things, making magic and friends online, she never would have believed it. But here she is. A long way from trolling chat rooms, making goth girl angel fire websites, and casting silly preteen love spells, she's now a brand coach and social media strategist for witches. She has a bachelor's degree in communications, a master's degree in internet marketing, and 13 years of deep study and reverence as a devotee to Akati and Aphrodite. She works with witchy entrepreneurs who are looking for a transformative as fuck and nurturing coach to help them align their brand with their badass magic, enchant and grow their following, and create magnetic as fuck businesses. Captolia's work helps people feel powerful, crystal clear, and confident in their magic as they level up their brands, businesses, and identities online. She's the coven mother of the internet mystics Web Witches Coven, the creator of the Witch and Famous Visibility School for Witches, and the faithful companion to a 13-year-old papillon called Pappy. She currently lives and works among the Fae, nestled deep in the woods in a small mossy green home on the crossroads in upstate New York. And before we begin, a reminder that my Evolutionary Astrology Intensive begins January 11th, runs till April 21st of 2021. And this is a magical course to gain the foundational knowledge to the evolutionary astrology paradigm. This is a soulful, karmic, psychological, modern form of astrology that allows us insight into the nature of a soul's trajectory, where you've been in prior lives, what you've been working on, what you've brought into this life, what you're here to learn, what are your lessons. In addition to being a foundational course to understand the different archetypes of the planets and the signs, regardless of your current knowledge of them already, And this is really an all levels course. People who are very new to astrology have taken it. Professional astrologers have taken it. And we're really looking at the deeper underlying intentions or evolutionary purposes of all these archetypes, learning how to connect with them so deeply, so intuitively that you can see them everywhere in your life. In addition to learning the foundational techniques of this kind of astrology, this is truly a wisdom school. All of the ways that we explore these archetypes are about the human condition and about living skillfully. The deadline to enroll is January 8th, and I'll leave the link in the comments, not in the comments, I'll leave the link in the notes for you to learn more about this course, read testimonials, and to enroll. And for alumni of this program, because I have been teaching it since 2017, um, I'm also teaching a level two nine-month training meteorite and astrological embodiment accelerator. And this one is about really embodying your voice and your practice as an astrologer. We'll learn more about the asteroids and Chiron and synastry, relationship astrology and transit astrology. And the course will culminate with individual projects um, that everyone gets to present at the end. This course, Meteorite, is going to be a magical container for alumni of the intensive to really deepen their skills, deepen their voice and their craft, and to manifest something of their astrological work, a body of work, if you will, by the end of the course.
So the link for Meteorite will be in the episode notes as well. And one last thing as well, now that we're in 2021, there is a transit for this year that will be active all year, which is the Saturn Uranus square, Saturn and Aquarius square Uranus and Taurus. And the episode released on this podcast just before this one is a forecast um, diving into the dynamics of that transit. So if you're wanting to um, get more of an idea of what 2021 is um, holds in store, then check out that episode. And now um, we will get into this lovely conversation with Captolia. Welcome, Captolia. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. So I'd love to start out by asking you a little bit about your origin. Um, You're a brand witch, as I understand, and I'd love to know more of what that is, like what you um, see that as, and how did you get here? Sure. So I call myself a brand witch because it's, it's an easy descriptor of what I do, but first and foremost, I am a real witch. I'm a witch, a practicing magical person who happened to find a really unique, magical way to make my way through the world, helping others um, unearth their inner magic and, and get paid for it. I first became interested in the magical world. I feel like I was probably like seven or something. And um, would find those little like astrology books at the grocery store that are just like, you know, in the aisle, like waiting with my mom. I was so obsessed with the fact that I was a Scorpio, like from being a child, I started using Oracle cards when I was in middle school, um, particularly angel cards. And I always just really I don't know, Scorpio, Capricorn, Stellium. I've always just been so interested. Oh my God, you're a Capricorn Stellium? Yeah. (laughs) I stand. Honestly, like the Capricorn Stellium energy is amazing. It feels very much like a wise tree, like very sobering, (laughs) very grounding, very magical. Right. Yeah. And I, it took me a little while to fully embrace that because I think like with a lot of early like budding people who are interested in astrology, I was just really into my sun sign for a long time. Like to the point where I was in high school, I would tell people I was a triple Scorpio because I was just like, oh, being a Scorpio is so cool. (laughs) I want that to be what I am. (laughs) And then when I got older, I was like, okay, I'm an aqua moon. I have all these other things. Here's who I am. Um, Anyway, I went to college and my philosophy professor and my dance teacher actually introduced me to Akati. She, my dance teacher, philosophy professor, Suzanne Claxton, she is just the most magical, Aries, tall, fiery person. And she like just saw me and witnessed me in this way I hadn't been seen before. Um, I don't, have a great relationship with my mother. She's incarcerated. I've never really had positive 
um, relationships with women in my, in my life and my family. So for this person to kind of just like show up out of the ether and just like see me as a magical person and introduce me into Akati magic was really incredible for me. And it transformed my entire life. So I was in college for communications. I thought that I was going to like be working in the sustainability world. I went to an environmental school, like every single class had everything to do with the environment, like writing in the environment, math in the environment, all of these things. I really wanted to like save the world. I wanted to be an activist. Um, And I had a big mission and I still do have a big mission. It just changed a bit from wanting to go be like an animal or environmental activist to really, my mission is to help people see how magical they are and that they're safe to be radically authentic. Um, the, the journey from college to where I am now is long and, and strange, but I, I did my time working in different environmental organizations in marketing agencies all over the country. And I decided I wanted to just do things my way. I'm a projector. I'm not here to like just work for other people. Um, and I had something to say. So I went off and I, I started my own thing. It began as the digital witch. Um, I was basically doing just social media management strategy, digital marketing strategy for witchy businesses. And it's evolved now into a coaching strategy courses, all of that, that type of um, thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just for anyone listening, projectors, a human design thing, and I'm one too. So I totally relate. There's that like magic to creating your own business and being able to guide people, but not doing the nine to five. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd love to hear more about um, what I've heard you refer to as like the priestess path and about your relationship with, I guess I've always pronounced it Hecate. You said Hecate, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So yeah. So my housemate, uh, Mirto Moons of Aphrodite is her Instagram. She is Greek and her mother speaks Greek and pronounced it for us. And was just like, I'm all these like white witches, you know, pronouncing it wrong. It's Hecate with the H totally silent. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Akati, the priestess path. So oh, Akati. Akati, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I totally just heard the H because <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how everyone pronounces it. Right. So it was really cool to have, um, just someone be like, Hey, this is how you fucking say it. <laughs> here's here's her name and um it's cool because I've gotten readings before where my like psychics have gotten downloads from Akati being like she wants you to pronounce her name with or spell it with a k and not a c I don't know all these funny things um but I've been working with Akati for 13 years now since I was 18 years old when my dance teacher and professor introduced me to her basically how that happened was she just like came up to me we were having a philosophy discussion and then she was like you know I have been feeling like you need to work with Akati and then I had a dream about you and I just know I have to introduce you to her and I started doing my research this is really cool I love that this like 
kind of found you um, and that your mentor had the, I guess, authority in herself to give you that message? Yeah, it's honestly really strange how this all came together. <laughs> so she introduced me to Kati. I started deep diving, digging into what it meant to be a devotee of her uh, priestess, a follower. And I just spent years, you know, giving and creating the altars and leaving offerings and starting to create like a relationship with her. In the time of me following her, I realized like the priestess path to me is the path of radical authenticity, which means doing the radically authentic things that your higher self asks of you, even if it's not the most pleasant thing to do, but it's the truth. So it's the path of truth. Amazing. And that path has led me, you know, through the portals of grief and just all the most intense, extreme emotions and experiences I've gone through. But every time I do something challenging that I'm like, I know I have to do this because it's the thing that's right. I am always rewarded with something really incredible. Akati has helped me escape an abusive relationship. I literally just had to ask anyone who's like followed me. Um, I talk about this quite a lot, but I was in a very abusive relationship out in another state in New Mexico where I really didn't know that many people. I was very isolated and it took me, you know, a year and a half to like sit with it and ask Akati for help. So I left her an offering. I left eggs and olive oil and wine and a letter to her asking for her to show me the truth of my situation. I was like, I just need to know, break through all the unclarity and the craziness and tell me what, show me what's real. And one week later, he like left on a random vacation. Another week later, we broke up. The next week I was in... Colorado staying with one of my friends in the very next full moon I was in across the fucking country living with my best friend completely away from him and we it like it was completely severed I just and he was already in a new relationship like I just had to ask her like I had to ask Akati you have to be ready for the real truth not what you want to happen you don't always get what you want but you always get what you ask for when you work with her and that, you know, this is a really solemn piece of it. But on the other side of that, I had this amazing, like, space in my life to really cultivate, like, my own spirituality and, like, really cultivate my business as well. I've been alone since then. It's been three years now. I've just been doing my own thing. Um, and it wasn't until after that happened, it was like six months later. I had my first like experience with her where I could like feel her in the room and I just knew she was there. And it was like very obviously like so visceral what she was asking of me so much that my housemate at the time was like, I could feel like a presence in your room. You didn't, it didn't seem like you were alone. So I didn't come in and I was about to, it was really, really, really magical. Um, but the priestess path really is that. That's what that is to me. It's the path of truth. Um, and 
magic. <laughs> I, I, cause now I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, I've been working with you for 13 years. I'm like, I want my course launch to be huge, successful. Like I want to make a lot of money. I want abundance. I want all of these other things that I'm, I feel comfortable asking out since I've developed a relationship. And I think there's a important distinction between like a, a passive or casual follower of a deity and someone who is truly devoted and a devotee. Like I listen to everything she tells me and I basically have fucking offered up my life. I'm like, I am an eternal lifelong follower of Akati. I listen. If she tells me not to be with someone, I don't do it. I, I, I follow her and it, and it has worked out in my, my favor. And I really do feel like she is there as my protector. She is the protector in history, in Greek history. Akati is the goddess of the people. She, people would leave their food, food out in front of their houses as offerings for her. And then the poor people and the homeless people would get to go and eat the food that was left out for her. She is a goddess of the oppressed. She's a goddess of, of the marginalized. She is the goddess to go to if you are someone who's in an abusive relationship. She is a goddess for people of color who are experiencing oppression um, under white supremacy. She is the goddess of the people and the goddess of the oppressed. And in that, she is just so empowering, so deeply empowering. And it was really interesting. I worshiped her alongside Aphrodite, who I didn't know until very recently. They were traditionally worshiped alongside each other in history in Greece. Like they had temples together. Um, so the, these two goddesses that I was just like, oh, this love goddess and this goddess of like truth and darkness and witchcraft and all the things, they were worshiped alongside each other in, in history. And just to, to wrap this up, like how interesting this whole thing is. So my dance teacher introduced me to Akati. My dance teacher introduced Myrto, Moons of Aphrodite, to Akati also in college. We went to school together. We didn't see each other at all for like eight years. Um, you keep dropping these Saturn numbers, you know, like seven, <laughs> eight, four, 13, 14. These are like Saturn junctures. <laughs> I just finished my Saturn return also. Yeah, I hadn't seen her in a really long time, in like eight years. And I saw Merto post on Facebook that she was looking for a housemate in the springtime. And I just had a feeling it was going to be me. And time went, went on a few months later, she said she had filled it. That person ended up dropping out and I moved in to this house. I, I in a town I'd never been to with someone I hadn't seen in eight years, but we were so connected in our Kati Aphrodite magic. We just knew we had like been in communication, like in the spirit realm. And in this container, like during COVID, like we've been, it's just the most magical thing to have another like Aphrodite Akati priestess who's also a business person. Like she's an astrologer and a tarot reader to create like joint magic with. We just hosted our first Akati class, like Akati Coven 
class and we had like 35 people in attendance. It was just so, so special. And I really feel like we were brought together by my dance teacher, but also by Akati to create magic and share her, her with others. We literally live on a crossroad as well. So we are right on a crossroad. These two dogs, like she's the goddess of dogs. Um, it's just really funny and, and, and such the best place I could imagine being right now. This is really awesome. So you're just like living this very magical life and embodying the path that you're teaching as well, which I feel is important. So one thing that I had wanted to ask about was many, because I see from some of your posts, like you'll talk about um, clients with their wins and the money that they're making or like your launches. And I feel like, um, that transparency around money really intrigues me. And I'm curious, like what your relationship is with money. Um, maybe what developments you've had with that relationship and how you help clients get in right relationship with money. So I have had to do a lot of deep digging and reflection on the way I grew up with money. I grew up in like such severe poverty. As I mentioned, like my mother is indefinitely incarcerated. Um, I don't know my dad and yeah, my life, I just never knew money ever. Like I never thought that I was worth money. Like I never fully believed that I was going to make it work. It just wasn't in the cards for me. It was not like the way, the the path that was handed to me, basically. Um, I, you know, I, as a survival mechanism, I feel like I had started like hustling really young. Like, um, I was like doing photography when I was younger. I was doing tarot readings when I was like 17. I think I started doing tarot. I always had this like secondary source of income. I I tried to make money work, but even still, I really struggled with it and was always coming up short. I had to sit with the fact that even when I was making a lot of money, so when I had my last marketing agency job, I was making a lot of money, but I was suffering. So what I'm trying to say is my, my relationship is with, with money is complicated because of capitalism. I try my best to ease the burden and suffering that was handed to me and that I'm forced to experience due to capitalism and starting my own business was the absolute best, most healing thing I could have ever done for myself in this system. And I know that that is also true for my clients and students. Like being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. I know there's a whole nother level of stress that can come along with like, definitely not sure, like what, where your money's going to come from, et cetera. But for the people who are interested in this, because once you open that portal and you start making money, I really, really find that the potential for making money is limitless as an entrepreneur, where there is a very, there's a cap on it when you have a job. 
So even if it was just something on the side that you're doing, I really encourage people to always try and tap into what that source is because money is an energetic resource. Money is, is magical in this way. Um, yeah, my relationship with money greatly improved in the last year. I honestly had to sit with my own feelings of safety. I realized that when I was still, when I was making a lot of money at the agency and when I started making more money in the digital, which I was still feeling unsafe and I still was like struggling to pay my bills and like have the money at rent time. Like it was just still not working out. Even though I was making more money, I didn't feel any different about it. Like I didn't feel any different at all. And I had just all been ingrained with this like feeling of unworthiness and lack and like it was going to disappear. So I might as well just fucking spend it however I want to, because it's going to just disappear. It's like this way I was just taught to, to spend I had to work around that and try to create an energy of safety in all aspects of my life to be, to heal that feeling of unsafety in money. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Like I it had totally to do a lot does. of inner child work. I had to like put myself to bed. I had to like set better boundaries in all aspects of my life and then really sit with like why I felt scared all the time. And like, why do I feel like this is going to just disappear? And like, I'm not in control of like this resource that I'm being handed and I'm earning. Um, yeah, that is, and this year I just had some really big magical breakthroughs. I, I stopped, you know, trying to ask for love and I started, you know, asking for abundance and asking for my pro my projects to work out. Or, um, I just kind of shifted my priorities to really, really making my business magical, stop doing the things I don't want to do, start doing more of the things I want to do. Um, and I had like my biggest launch this year. I made like 30 grand in one month and it was kind of jarring to me. So I'm not used to having money. I've never had, I don't think I had ever had more than $5,000 in the bank ever in my life. And then I had this huge launch and it made me so uncomfortable. Like I literally was crying on Instagram live. Like I was on Instagram, just like, I'm thankful for you all for joining my program, but I'm also feeling really uncomfortable right now because I don't even know what to do. Like, you know, sat with that, did more magical work around it, did some Aphrodite magic. Like I, I deserve this. We all deserve this. And there's more where that came from. This isn't just, it's not just going to run out. Like just a lot of aff affirming. I really have had to do so much inner child work to make a business <laughs> fucking run in a way that um, is nurturing and safe feeling. And my clients often have some of these same feelings come up. There's so much to be said about the way you were taught about money, but your parents' relationship with money and the way that just repeats in your own patterns. Um, so much unworthiness. I have to 
help people move through. Like, I don't deserve this. It's like, it's like that imposter syndrome, but around money, like someone's going to show up and call me out and, you know, people are going to find out that I don't actually deserve what I, what I have, or I'm, I'm not, I'm not worth this, but you are worth it. And that's a huge part of the work that I do with people. Yeah. My, I work with Jungian archetypes and I'm a primary um, magician archetype here to help people make transformation and to transform into their next level selves. And my secondary is the nurturer. And I feel like that's what really differentiates me from other coaches, particularly in the witch spiritual spirituality realm. It's like, I can hold space for people's inner, inner children. I can hold space for the big, big feels that come up and use that as, you know, motivation, use that. It's like a, it's a fertile ground for your transformation or all those feels pushing through them is it's like the little diamond in the coal. It's like just moving through, clearing out all the muck, holding space for you to do that work on yourself. Um, and then watching them just like glimmer when they see that they are magical and that they can do really amazing things in their business. And I, I this is another one of the thing, those things where I didn't, I almost like didn't believe that I was good at this until this year. And then I was just like, it's so obvious. Like every person I work with has like a rapid, huge transformation in themselves in in their work. And it, it expresses spiritually, but also in their finances. Like my clients are having huge breakthroughs that they never ever thought were possible for them. Something that I like about this story or these reflections is going into those really challenging feelings. Like I feel like money is one of those things that we can say it's basic or say it's simple, but it's actually like a really deep psychological, emotional, spiritual thing as well. Um, and it sounds too like learning how to hold like more money or like hold and receive more abundance and like the edges that that pushes. Um, I remember too, like when I ran my Kickstarter, um, this last summer, as I was getting, like preparing the page, I cried a lot and I had to like call friends and just like cry and like talk about stuff. Like it was a really opening experience, you know, and that was like behind the scenes, but it, it is, you know, so I loved that this incorporated like putting yourself to bed or like relating with your inner child and like focusing on safety. And yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I feel like part of my magic is helping people unearth what their magic is and how they can use that to open up more energetic opportunities for abundance. Like how can we take this thing that you already do or this thing that you already are and make money with it? And I know like I get a lot of haters on my Instagram. I you do? I do. I do have so many people coming on my Instagram to be like profiting off of spirituality, like 
Oh, I could yeah. never, you know, this is huge thing that we shouldn't be making money from our work as like magical people. And it's, it's just like really rooted in misogyny. It's like, of course, you know, tr- this traditional like women's work, women, queer people work like sex work and healing work. It's like, yeah, you're allowed to do it for free. Well, you can, you can do it and you can use, like, we'll use it, but you, how dare you profit off of it? How dare you make yourself rich or abundant or whatever the the word is that you want to use? Um, you're allowed to do it for free, but you can't make money from doing it. Like is just so wrong. And I do get a lot of people who are like deeply triggered by the fact that like I triggered or upset by the fact that I am someone who helps witches make money. That's, that is just what I'm I'm good at (laughs) and doing it in a way that feels good. Like that is what I'm here to do. And I feel like that's, it's, it's healing work. I, I really do feel like this work that I am doing is also healing magical work. Like I work within archetypes to help people figure out like what their divine role is. Like, what is your mission in this world? What role do you play in the story of your audience's lives? And how can you step fully into that and then let go of trying to be all the other things so you can be so deeply sparkly in this thing that you're meant to do, that you're born to do. And so people see you, witness you and want to be near you and pay you for that gift. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So when it comes to empowering people to be magical or to like be fully in themselves and perhaps like express that visibly online, like what are some ways that like what are maybe some common blocks that you feel come up for people around authenticity and self-expression and how do you help with that? Sure. A big one is having so many interests and parts of themselves that they don't understand how they could possibly bring it all together into a meaningful brand. And my answer for that and my solution to that almost always is to a define your archetype. So Carl Jung has 12 primary archetypes. Um, do research on archetypes and do some digging on what yours is. What is your role in this world? That is really helpful in taking all of your weird pieces and you're like, oh, I'm doing all these things. And there is this like foundational piece to it. It's because I am a nurturer that I'm doing these like five different things that all come back to my desire and, and need to care for others. Um, Also like asking people how you've impacted them. This is another like vulnerability piece, but I always ask my students to, when you're feeling unclear about who you are in the world to go ahead and ask, like, this has been so meaningful for me. And it really helped me understand what made me special too. So like asking your friends, how you've impacted them, how do they see you? How have, how have you changed their lives? Asking your Instagram followers, like go in your Instagram stories and do a poll. Like how do, how have you affected and impacted people? And you're going to start to see really common themes throughout the responses that people say, like I did a lot of digging and I I was like, okay, I get it. I am inspiring, empowering, and I make people feel safe. And I was just like, wow, it really, my archetypes without me even telling people, here's what my archetypes are, are showing up in the way that people are experiencing me 
and my work in the world. So that's a common, a really common block. Another is just like so much fear of like being seen, um, not fully believing it in themselves, like not fully believing that they have like their message is important, not fully believing like that they are worth being seen. And again, like so much of this, I'm always just like, who told you that? And so much of it comes back to childhood stuff. Like we are protectors, our, our parents, the school system, whoever, um, in an effort to like, keep us safe, misguidedly dulled us down. I, I know it's so, I can just see it and feel it. How much my mom would like try, you know, even picking out my clothes, for example, when I really, really wanted to, because she didn't want me to look silly at school and get made fun of. So she would pick out my clothes for me. And like, I didn't get to express myself like I wanted to little things like that over time build up to a fully formed adult who don't believe that like you can make decisions for yourself and that you can be fully yourself in the world. Like there is this overarching emotion, just this common thing with the people who work with me that it's not safe to be yourself because something bad is going to happen. Um, someone's going to say something to you or just, it's just not safe. It's not going to work. Like it's not going to work if you are yourself. So people tend to water themselves down. They try to dull themselves down. Like they try to be for everyone. They try to be palatable and likable. And in doing so, that's like why the shit isn't working. And all these people are like having such frustration of like why their brands aren't growing, why their Instagrams aren't growing, whatever. And I get in there and I'm like, well, what is really going on here? And like, what do you really want to be doing? What are you actually here to say? Like, what are you here to say to your people? What's your role in this world? And it's like something lights up. And another word that constantly comes up in, in sessions with me is remembering. Like I was on a, in a call with this um, animal communicator in, from Santa Fe. And she was like, all of these things about myself, I forgot you are helping me remember. And that is part of my work is to just help you remember, like, this is who you are. This is why you're here. This is your mission. This is your work. This is who you are. And it's okay. And it's safe to be you. In fact, it's the only way to be. And it's the most profitable brand strategy that there is to be you. It's also the most magical strategy as an Akati devotee. Like, it is the only path. It's, it's the path of authenticity is yeah it's the it's the only way to go like in your magical business and i feel like people can really sense it like with the archetype work that i do and my archetypal identity being so like deep i've really like worked i know what i'm saying and i know who i'm saying it to and i know who needs to hear it and the way they need to hear it that i can feel the frequency of my message like in other people like my an unintentional like plagiarism in a way where we are all taking in so much information on Instagram, just like scrolling and, and, and consuming content that I think a lot of the times we are unintentionally plagiarizing people and trying to like, you're like, Ooh, I really like this message. 
I'm, I want to like recreate it in some way. I can feel my message in other people's work. Like, and it's my archetypal identity. So unique that I'm just like, Oh, I know this message is, is me. And I'm not mad about it, but the work that I do love to do is to help people move into their archetypes and their message. Like what is the frequency of your message and your work in the world? Like, how are you, what are you here to say? What is the energetic frequency that like you radiate at and helping them create and craft brands, content strategies, and just the way that they exist in the world. So powerful, so authentic that it also radiates and, and, and magnetizes the people who are meant for them, like magnetizes money experiences, all of the things but uniquely for them, not trying on anyone else's words anymore. We're not like tr- trying on other archetypes as like a mask. You're like, Ooh, I'm not really a ruler archetype, but I might try it on because it seems interesting. People can see it and they can feel it like when it's not in full authenticity. So I always work with the archetypes and, and it's not a, a thing you try on. It's a thing you are unearthing. Because whether or not you are conscious of the archetypes, they are already expressing through you. You don't like you don't. They don't ask for permission. They are showing up in you and your branding. And it isn't until you work with them intentionally and really like hone in on which ones actually belong here, which ones are actually me, and give them full space to emerge and like say what they want to say. That yeah, your message becomes so much more powerful than. And it becomes yours. Like, I want the people who work with me to really care that what they're saying is is theirs. And it's it's real, it's authentic, it's from their heart and soul. And it's the message that they were put on this earth to spread and the work that they were put on this earth to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Um that's just kind of having me think of like times when I was younger and I did feel like I was trying on certain archetypes. It almost felt like teenage where you like try on things, but then like at this point, it does feel a little bit more, you know, definitely like it's coming from within or that it is some kind of unearthing. It's just so interesting how like the self-knowledge, like I really think that self-knowledge is one of the most powerful things to be in touch with. Um, it's like a lot of spiritual traditions saying like, know thyself that like a core of it. Um, and if we are, you know, imitating other people, then it's like, you always have to look to them, but there's a, a power in being able to source your own knowledge and wisdom and message and tapping into that source is the magic. (laughs) And like, yeah, I can just feel that from what you're, you're expressing of like helping people, you know, touch into that source so that they have access to that magic within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives people a whole new confidence when you just, you're like, yeah, I'm not trying to be anyone else anymore. I, this is who I am and I'm a leader. Like I, I was born, I was put on this earth to do this thing and say this thing and I'm doing it and it's divinely inspired. And, um, it's like, you can't imagine going back to, you know, creating content that is like, you're just doing it to do it. 
saying it to say it, it all has to come from the heart. Yeah. Another thing that comes up a lot, so much for people just in that same vein is like feeling like they have to plan out their content or they oh have to God, like be yeah. posting time or something. And like, I mean, I never plan. I plan my content, like, but only the weekly stuff, but not mm-hmm. like my posts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with posts, with scheduling out your content or pre-planning it. But for the people who are experiencing the most stress around it, I'm just like, then stop doing it. Like, just get in touch with what times of day are you the most inspired and creative and whatever that looks like. Um, When do you feel like you really do have something to say? And also this all comes back to like knowing who you're talking to and knowing what, who you are and what you want to say to them. When you know fully what your message is and who you're talking to, then creating meaningful content is like it just rolls out it just falls out of you it's like it's yeah. just it, it just comes like yeah it's just it's more abundant it's easier to create content but just getting in touch with like your own body and like when you feel inspired and then create content in those moments and then let yourself rest like I'll post like three times a day sometimes and then I won't post again for a week and my business doesn't fail like it's it's fine. I'm still there in a way. Like I'm still, you know, engaging or whatever, but, um, people get really stressed out about that. And I'm just like, it's okay. You don't have to do it if you yeah. don't feel good about it. That's important. It sounds like just being really intuitive and connected to your creative flow. And mm-hmm. I think there is like, a magic in kind of sourcing that abundance of creativity where you feel prolific or feel like you have things to say often, but that you can have cycles of quiet and cycles of expression, just like the lunar cycle, like that. It's not like we have to be super like linear and like publishing at equal intervals all the time to be successful. And people can feel it like, the content you create when you are in your flow and in your source of inspiration is going to radiate a different out of a different frequency that it and vibrate in a higher way in a higher level way that will be more impactful, even if you only show up like every so often, a couple of times a week or whatever, then forcing posts to come out five t- five days a week just because you feel like you should. So I always try to think of the energetic impact of the, of what I'm saying. Um, and they have that being a lot more important than the frequency of the, of the thing. So I want to ask you to, um, what you think personal magnetism is, um, because that's like, that's an energy that I get from, you know, what your offering is and just like how your branding is too. And just like what you've tapped into. So what you think magnetism is and how do you feel are the ways to cultivate it? Yeah. So all of this work around magnetism really came from, again, working with archetypes and I worked with archetypes with big organizations to start like helping, you know, these huge nonprofits figure out like at our essence, at our core, who are we? Who are we to our people? How do we communicate that? And then I started moving into more like one-on-one work around archetypes with people to figure out who they are. And I found that when 
people are in touch with like why they are here and who they are to their audience. Like they, again, they remember their magic and it's like something lights up within, within them. And that light turning on is that key to magnetizing opportunities and magnetizing like a fault, like a community, a following money, all of the things when you it's so I, I like to use the example of like in that movie, like under the Tuscan sun, when she like the, the main character goes through this big breakup or, you know, her husband was cheating on her or something. She goes to Italy. She's a hot mess. Um, heartbroken and then she sees this woman walk down the street with like a big hat and she's just like licking her ice cream cone completely just like in the moment like immersed in her own presence and and the main character lady was just like fascinated totally fascinated by this person because when you are so fully embodied in who you are it's like you are completely like fascinating and it's like, it's not like that woman with her ice cream cone was really doing anything differently than any other person walking down the street, but she was fascinating because she was just so in her power, like not giving a fuck about anyone, like who was walking by her or like, she was just in her, in the moment, like fully embodied, expressing who she is and enjoying herself. Like the pleasure practice. That's like the, the Aphrodite piece of it too, is like, when you can sit in your power and your juiciness and all the things that make you special and really, really own that, that is magnetism. So I, I led a class about this the other day and it's funny, like there are all, cultures throughout history have like really interesting beliefs around like fascination and around like bewitchery as like you know witches actually like you know casting glamour spells on people to trick them into seeing something that's not there like to to like convince people to do things for them or whatever so in this class then I was asking people like do you see glamour magic as like a lie as is a delusion or in the illusion and you know most people said no of course they're all witches (laughs) all witches in the class but I really see it as like tapping into and um accentuating the magic that is within you and the things that make you unique the parts of your story that you might typically try to hide um, the things you might be insecure about, like I was mentioning how I, I'm a burlesque performer and I'm not very confident in my stomach, but I did a whole piece that was like, you know, taking my hands and directing people with my fingers to my stomach and making it part of the act. Cause I was just like, I want to enchant this part of myself. I want to bring magic to it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to like, own this thing and people were also fascinated by (laughs) by that thing um so magnetism is just being so authentic so in your magic in your truth in your power in your pleasure 
that you are fascinating. People who are so themselves are fascinating. That's what, like all these accounts, these the accounts on Instagram or wherever that you're like, I have to follow this person. I always encourage people to like, take a second and ask yourself, what is fascinating about this person? It usually is like they're a mirror and you're seeing something in yourself that they're just showing you that you want, that wants to come out from you. It's like your subconscious showing you this beauty and this magnetism and this other person when it's really inside you. And it's like getting to the core of that and just unearthing that in yourself, that, that quality, that energy that that person exudes and, and bringing that to life. Yeah. This was a really enchanting answer. Like you just <laughs> evoked it. Um, I feel really inspired and I feel like this, you know, the through line of just being yourself and like the pure, like magic that that is um, and the invitation and the opening that that is of like, you get to be fascinating. You just are yourself. It's like, there's less of a film between you and your essence. And that kind of transparency is, is magic. Um, so it just feels really clear to me that you're doing amazing things and really helping people into their power. Um, which I think is amazing. How can people connect with you, study with you, work with you? Yeah. So, um, I have, so my Instagram is captolia.online and to work with me, I have a number of free classes available on my website. My website is the the digitalwitch.com. I have free classes available there. I have a newsletter you can sign up for. And in um, the spring of 2021, I have two really amazing offerings coming out. Um, I'm fully booked right now, pretty much for one-on-one um, private coaching. But I have a brand archetype immersion, which is going to be four months working with me in, intensively on discovering what your archetype is, unearthing your archetype, and then creating a communication strategy, a brand strategy, and basically an embodiment strategy. How can you take these four months and fully embody your archetypal identity in your message and, and all of the things to just cut through the noise and just shine and radiate as the person you are born to be? I haven't launched that yet, but you can always message me. And then my next big thing is my like second semester, basically of witch and famous, which and famous is my visibility school for witches. Like i take my, my, my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, all my like 10, 12 years of education and, and experience in the marketing branding world. And I condense it all into this 12 week program that has just been so fucking transformative for, for my students. That was my big launch. I had, I set my goal for like four people last September. I was like, I would be so happy if four people signed up and like 45 people signed up and every person has just blown me away with the huge transformations that they made and the ways that they've just become radically visible. Um, so witch and famous is coming back in the, in the spring as well. And in the meantime, just, yeah, I do have some private coaching spots available for January and I'm always just happy to make friends. So let's be online friends. (laughs) 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Capitolia. Yeah, thank you. I felt really inspired by this episode. I loved the idea of someone just being themselves as fascinating. I find a lot of liberty from that idea. And since then, actually, I have, I've started to become more aware of a certain filter or like a, a tracking that I feel when I'm online um, and like looking at Instagram posts is I can really feel when someone's expression feels transparent, like I just feel them versus when it feels like there's some layers in between them and their expression. And so I think like part of creativity is like letting yourself be seen, like being visible and knowing that like whatever your true expression is, even if it's weird or quirky or unusual in some way or whatever it is, that it it's fascinating. And I've definitely noticed, I've been watching Captolia's stories on Instagram and I'm like definitely fascinated by her. Um, the ideas that she shares and just her presence is truly fascinating. And I really like the inspiration from this episode to just lean into that, to, you know, be creative share creativity, share expression, be fully in oneself, um, and to allow that to be enough. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'd love to read your review. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email that screenshot to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com and do this on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you email me that screenshot, I will send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. Thank you for listening. Go forth and be fascinating. Much love to all of you. Thank you.